0: Welcome to Hunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that still haunt us today. Tales of true crime, mystery and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal me. Now who doesn't love a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Hunting History Podcast. I'm your host Kat. And I'm Haley. And today we have a special guest doing some of our Halloween episodes with us. If you are local to California, you may have heard him on your drive home and now all day on Saturdays and Sundays on KFROG Radio, Anthony Donatelli.
1: That's right. Ladies, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm ready to get spooked.
0: I know. He sounds so professional. We sound we he sound
1: like a we're in our garage. I have had no training or experience. This is just <laughs> me walking in Except the literally streets.
2: every single day of your life. How long have you been... In radio,
1: it'll be six years in November coming up.
2: Wow. Yeah, I know. Specifically at K Frog, right?
1: Just at K Frog. Yeah, my only station, the only place that would hire me. (laughs) They've tried to let me go multiple times, but I said no. "Uh -uh. I will not turn in that key card. You're like, I'll do
0: it for free. It's fine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty close to free.
0: This week, we are not traveling far from us. And if you are in Southern California, there's still time to visit during the spookiest month of the year. We visited last weekend and it was amazing due to some. Bad communication on my part. We showed up at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Old Town, San Diego, and found it locked, completely bolted. I had mistakenly thought that we could just show up, take a look around, not bother anyone, maybe strike up a discreet conversation about the hauntings and happenings, but no. I mean, we literally tried every door. Yeah. We drove two hours.
1: And that's a long drive it to was not be able to, to continue your plan.
0: To be honest, I think the drive was an hour- Maybe 45 minutes, but the parking was like an hour and 15 minutes. Oh my God, minutes. a
2: nightmare. It was not COVID in San Diego.
0: It's not COVID in San Diego. It was nightmare.
2: like insane. We could not park anywhere.
1: A lot of San Diego is really small and compacted and it's a lot it's of one-way streets. It's yeah. yeah. Yeah, old town
2: is really tiny. It's really tiny
0: and there's two big parking lots and then the street parking, there was nothing. There We drove around and kept going, we can get closer and she was going to kill me. But luckily what I did was I had the cell phone number from Mike Sims from San Diego PR who was kind enough to call Ryan Ross with the Old Town Family Hospitality Corporation who now runs the Cosmopolitan Hotel and the Barbaro Saloon and Fiesta Del Rey's. And he came down like, what, we waited like five minutes? Yeah. He came down with a set of keys and opened up the hotel and let us roam around and ask questions. And honestly, if you're looking for something to do in October for Halloween... The Old Town area of San Diego is open. And I know Haley said that there's no COVID in San Diego, but they they were practicing social distancing. Yeah, for it's sure. all
2: outside, but that's why there's no parking. It's because it's like the only thing COVID you can safe do. thing you can do. Probably. And
0: you can do it. You can go down there. You can go on tours. You can go to all the little shops and all the little restaurants. And they have... Just maybe ride your bike or Uber. <laughs> or Uber and park somewhere else and Uber in. But they had... Uh, sanitation stations. I'm not even joking. They didn't have just like the- Hand sanitizer? They had sinks. Wow. They have sinks on the sidewalk where you can stop and wash your hands. And it was crazy. It's the best place to go right now, I would think, if you're worried about it
1: anyways. I was going to say, San Diego County, they were a little bit better off than, than we are, right?
0: I From have what no I can idea. I haven't really followed that. I have a, I don't know. I re- I have friends that live there that are complaining like the rest of us are. Hmm. So I don't know, but the Old Town area definitely full-blown open. Wow. You can go. Okay. Not like Newport Beach where it just doesn't exist. Yeah, that's
1: that's a whole different story.
0: (laughs) Newport Beach, there's no such thing as COVID. There's no masks. There's no hand washing. Never happened. It just, yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist. It's a whole world in its own. The history of the Cosmopolitan Hotel goes back almost 200 years, 193 to be exact, when California was not even California yet. Juan Bandini, a man of Italian and Peruvian descent, came to the area in 1819 with his father, a sea captain, on a sailing vessel. Born in 1800, it's believed that he traveled with his father as a young man, maybe even participating in the Mexican War of Independence with his father. By 1827, Sr. Bandini married Marie... Okay, so I want to find a friend. I I want to pronounce this name, and I know I'm going to say it really bad. Are you good at Mexican names?
1: I'm as white as could be.
3: (laughs) I thought
0: that I was really good. Really good at pronouncing, like, Hispanic-sounding names. But then the girl at my work told me that I say enchilada wrong.
1: No, you just said it right. I
0: swear to God I say it right. She's yeah. like, no, you're so dumb. That's not how you say it's enchilada.
1: Enchilada. Okay.
0: I literally want her to pronounce these for me, but I'm going to give it a try. In 1827, Signor Bandini married Marie de los Dolores Estadio. Is that right? I think that's pretty that's good. I would have said it. Ever, ever, ever gonna get, we're going to get all these messages from all these people saying, no, that's not how you say it. <laughs> Y'all <all."> racists. i are going to be like, you're so dumb. That's not how you say it. She was literally the girl, the girl next door for him when um, he met her Casa de Estudio. How, I just said it wrong. Casa de Estudio, Estudio is the other house that's right next to the Cosmopolitan Hotel, the one that we were standing by. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she lived in that house with her parents, and he built the Cosmopolitan Hotel literally right next door. So he married the girl next door. Literally. Literally. Yeah, the girl next door. I think that's kind of cool. I'm all about the whole romance part. He and Marie had five children, Arcadia, Isadora, and this is a daughter you'll hear a lot about, Josepha. and two sons, Juanito, and sadly another son, son who had died at birth. I looked to find out how his first wife had passed away because she was only twenty eight, and she's buried at the El Campo Cemetery right there in town. Have you ever have you ever seen that? Anthony? No, I've
1: never, never seen. I mean, may, now that you've brought on. it up, I know I don't get out much. I need to take a trip down south after I hear all of this. This story, I'm sure, it's going to engage me to grab my wife and go down there. Yeah, you need to. And she's very scared of all this, so she'll wait in the car. But I'm going to go wander <laughs> every the hotel and all the the Whaley the, the House, the graveyards. just really
0: cool. The Whaley House is okay. So. The, ho- the the Cosmopolitan Hotel is part of the old town park. Okay. And then when you walk out, there's a really old hotel. And then you'll pass by the Whaley House, which is one of the most haunted places in America. Don't- Riveting. Yeah. It's amazing. And then right next to that is the El Campo Cemetery, which is very rural. I mean, it's very old. They've never done anything. It's not... Like the cemeteries around here, it's very, very old. It was from the 1700s, I think, is the first burial. Yeah, like
1: there. my palms are sweating. Now are you being serious, baby? No, I'm, I'm being serious. And I need your contact information if, if I want to go in the hotel and it's locked. Yeah, you can call. Him. I need the key. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just sure.
0: Well, you should just stay there. You really should nice. just book a room. Nice try. It's a way to you here. When you go down there, though, the the street just—I mean, don't get hit by a car, but walk out into the street because there are little coins in the street, and they're. Markers for the burials that are actually under the street right there.
1: Are they really? Yeah,
0: because when they started to build up the town, the cemetery like kind of meandered out further than they wanted it to, so they just built right over it.
1: Wow! So they're yeah. under the road.
0: They're under the road. Yeah, right there. So yeah, go wow. go hang out. I, you'll love I, yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So <laughs> she's buried right in town. I I thought that I didn't know that. I didn't know why I didn't know that, but his first wife is buried. He's not buried there, but she is buried there, and she died really young, and. This is what made me start going through all the census records. And like I always do, I fall in the rabbit hole when I go on Ancestry. I was trying to find her death record because I'm morbid like that. I just, I want to know why she died. She died 28. So I went through the census records and I tried to um, pin it basically on one of her kids because I figured maybe she died during childbirth. Mm-hmm. And she did have one of her children was approximately the age that of the year she died. So maybe it is what happened. I don't know. I you would think he was such a prominent citizen that it would have been in the paper, but I couldn't even find it in the paper. Which yeah, it's weird. You couldn't find anything. Nothing. Maybe someone who's better at it than I am might be able to find it, but I Haley. couldn't find it. It's
2: not going to be me.
0: Oh my gosh. I'll I ho- i show Haley. I'll show Haley a census record and she's like, and? And I'm like, but this, this is the person we're talking about. Like, They were real. They're living people. They were... Not now, but I mean, they're well, real people. Maybe. <laughs> That's
2: true. <laughs> they,
0: I, I didn't say they're not still around, but they're not living, breathing people anymore. And it, to me, when I look at a census record or a, a war draft card or really anything, like it makes them more real. They're not just stories anymore. They're real people. And I don't You
1: got facts right there in front sucked. of
0: you. Sucked. I get sucked in. And I found a ton of records from Juan Bandini, including, like I said, the census record and tons of baptism records. And as I was supposed to be writing this, I had to keep tearing myself away from ancestry and find a grave. But back to Juan Bandini, when his young wife passed away, he naturally married again. It's You did it, and you did it pretty quickly back mm-hmm. in those days. He had four children raised. So you found a wife pretty much right away. And he was at the Pillar Society, a prominent citizen. He played a huge part in the building of the town. He held government offices. And this time, he married a girl named Refugia. Would you say that's how you pronounce it? Yeah. Right now, just go ahead. Write in. Tell me how stupid I am. It's R U F U G I A, and they had three more sons and two more daughters. So he had a total of what nine kids?
1: He had a whole kit and caboodle right there. Yeah, a whole bunch of kids. The Astro van around. Got that thing packed. Well, and his daughters
0: all married very well. One of them, Arcadia, died. One of the wealthiest women in her time.
2: What a lucky gal! So they (laughs) can't relate. (laughs) So Haley is. Don't looking. bring us down, Haley. <laughs> Poor Haley, she's looking for her prince, her rich prince charming.
1: He's what episode do we, all... we get to hear about that in?
0: Yeah, we need to do
2: a I wanna, episode.
1: I want to hear that one.
2: Yeah, we need to do the late night Tinder. That what that what's that late night host that does that?
0: I didn't know there was a late night host. I want Haley to join. Because of her dog. And it nobody we don't really talk about all our personal stuff, but Haley has a hundred and forty five pound great Dane. That's Yeah, I was
1: greeted by him at the door. Yeah,
0: he's the love of her life. So they have a new dating app. I don't know how we're going from hotel the cosmopolitan hotel. Yeah, we're taking a quick time out to get personal here. <laughs> um there's a dating app where you join and you get matched up. Based on your dog.
1: Shut up. Yeah. Are she you
2: serious? I, dating apps scare me. I do too much true crime things to get on a dating app where there could be serial That's killers. That's true. I've heard some stuff. I know, but how many serial killers have dogs? I mean, like, seriously. Oh, how I'm many? sure there's some. There's some. Yeah. But I feel like there's more serial
1: killers on Tinder or Maybe. any other thing. But I feel like if For you have sure. a dog, you might be a little more You loving. might be
0: okay. If you're yeah. not going to kill your dog, you're not going to kill
1: people. Probably a nice serial killer. Right. Maybe.
0: I I personally think, I think if you're going to find your man, it's going
1: to be through your dog. Well, we'll set you up with an account after this. Perfect. Okay. I like that. <laughs>
0: That's what we'll be doing after this is all over. Juan Bandini's home during the 1830s and 40s was the social center of the town with fandangos and parties lasting up to 10 days. Throughout the 1850s, Bandini struggled as the economy shifted from Rancheros and his wealth and health faded. Juan Bandini died November 4th, 1859 in Los Angeles, where he had moved after many financial pitfalls. And some say that his children had to bail him out often, blaming bad dis- business decisions and his rampant spending on his parties. And when I say parties, he had parties that lasted 10 days.
2: I Yeah, that's sick. I can't even last the three days at stagecoach. <laughs> I
1: used to be able to, I mean... When I was in my heyday, yeah. I could probably do ten days. Absolutely. Ten days. Yeah. Ten now days. I am in bed by like nine. Mm-hmm. I'll watch twenty twenty <laughs> and then Pass have my out. have my sleepy time tea and I'm done. Um, I could not do ten, ten days.
0: Ten days and and people would come and go. People would come in on the stagecoach and they'd stay three days and then they would go and the party would just keep going like around them. So when I say he was the the social center of the town, they would have these parties where food and and drink were flowing the whole time. So a lot of his money was actually spent on his giant parties. And they say that he was a fabulous dancer, that no one was allowed to start dancing until he danced first. So... He may, yeah, he's a lot like you, Anthony. What a legend! I was gonna say, he I need to go on ancestry.com
1: yeah. and see if there's a if, A connection. Yeah, We're yeah, be the same bloodline. He was here. the best
0: dresser in town, he was the best dancer, he was a, a charming and charismatic um, speaker and leader. He was, he was the shit basically. He was where everybody really wanted
1: to be. It sounds like you're talking about me, but it does, you're not. it does. I know there, there has to be some
0: kind of familial. Connection. Yeah, it's my grandpappy.
1: The, <laughs>
0: yeah, what would he be? Probably like your three or four times great grandfather? I, I think that if you were related to Bandini, you would probably have already, you would probably know. And you'd probably be able to re- announce, pronounce his wife's
1: name. I'm just saying. Probably. I mean, sometimes I'm just straight up stupid yeah. <laughs> and I can't pronounce anything.
0: Casa Bandini remained vacant for some time until 1869 when American stagecoach operator Albert Seely. Purchase the home and out of the second story that is there now. Originally, it was just a U-shaped adobe. It was an adobe, but it was built four feet into the ground. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's still standing almost 200 years later.
1: It's a long time. It
0: has a deep foundation. It has a good foundation. And it was strong enough to withhold them putting a whole second story on. That wasn't part of the house. And what's really funny, they talk about the one Isadora, who we're going to talk about a lot with the Michael from the Ghost Wars. The big legend is that the way that she met her husband, his name was Cave, C-A-V-E, Cave. His name's Cave Coates. And he was a soldier that she accidentally fell from the balcony and he was on his horse. And she basically fell right into his arms. Which I love that story. How cause That's cause romantic a movie is scene. That. That's not real life. I, it's not real life. And I'll tell you why Haley, it's not. go up
1: to the second story. Right, that's how it And see if there's a guy on the Well, we should at
0: least line them up. Yeah. We should have a plan before she just throws herself See, from See, again, balcony. me, stupidity, right she here.
1: I, would, I thought, Haley, just jump. Just mm-hmm. jump. No, if like, it's fate, someone will be there.
0: <laughs> let's not do that. But the funny, the thing is, it's it's one of the greatest legends, and I love it, but when the Bandinis lived there, there was no balcony. They lived in an adobe. There's no such thing as a balcony so in fake. an adobe. Oh. So, yeah. Haley can shit all over this one all she wants. <laughs> yeah. And you'll actually hear people tell stories. I've seen her walk around on the balcony looking for her her one true love that she ended up marrying. And, you know, who am I to say if she came back to it? I don't know. Who's, who. you know, I want to believe. The Seely's added a saloon, a sitting room, a billiards room, a barbershop, a post office, along with a stagecoach office. The view from their newly built balcony, and it wraps around the entire hotel, was a selling point for the stagecoach passengers traveling into San Diego. It was the perfect place to watch the goings on in the plaza, including bullfights. They used to have bullfights right there.
1: They did everything they there. They did
0: everything. It was the party. It was the place to be.
1: We call that Chuck E. Cheese now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's actually fights uh, in Chuck E. Cheese, too. Like, you could you could go there and play video games and watch a show and see a fight. Yeah. That's the best the place whole I package. Now. It's everything. I think they sell alcohol, too, right? Do they sell alcohol?
1: We'll Google it later. Okay. Because we'll we should just it. go. If so, we're going to go after We're going to go. We're, we're gonna <laughs> the dog dating profile. That's what
2: we'll He's do. Well, we've got a lot of things to do We'll, have,
0: we'll have drinks at um, Chuck E. Cheese while we... Set up Haley's profile. Once again, Casa Bandini, as the new Cosmopolitan Hotel, became the social gathering place of the city. It was the scene of gallows and balls so popular in the 1870 amongst the moneyed citizens of California. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to last. San Diego's Old Town was abandoned for New Town, which have you... Okay, I know you keep saying that you haven't seen Old Town that much, but have you been to the Gaslamp District?
1: Yes, been to Gaslamp, yeah. Okay, yeah, because that's... The cool place. That's the go to.
0: Yeah. That, no, it's really not. No. But it's the cool All place to go.
2: No, you I should. Like, I like gas lamps.
0: The gas lamp is really cool. I mean, if you go to the, um, there's a couple of hotels. There's a, one hotel that Wyatt Earp mm-hmm. built and stayed at. So it is really old too. I mean, obviously it was the 1870s. It was before the 1900s, but that became the center of San Diego and Old Town was abandoned. Oh. So Old Town is older than New Town. And now the gas lamp, considered Old Town, is, yeah, you know, you know where I'm going with that. The Seelies sold the building in 1888, and Old Town and all the adobes and homes and businesses were left to the ghost of the past, figuratively and literally. But before we talk about the ghosts of San Diego's past, we're going to take a minute and listen to some promos from our podcast friends and then a short interview I did with Eric Manila, who, by the way, has the coolest title or job title that I've ever heard. His title is The Manager of a Historic Interpretation for the Cosmopolitan Hotel.
1: That's pretty. That's, that's kind
0: of my freaking job. Like, why don't I have a job like that?
1: How do I? Yeah, what am I supposed to major in in and, school to get that? To become
0: this, and, and and why is it the historic interpretation? I didn't know that. I mean, you get to interpret history, or I. The wording is weird, but I'm okay. I would I would want that title. That's right It's pretty there. cool. Yeah.
4: How are you? I'm good.
3: So I understand you're the historian for the Cosmopolitan Hotel.
4: Not quite. I'm not a trained historian. I'm an interpreter. So I'm essentially the liaison between historians and the public. So I take the dull, drab work, but all-important work that historians do, and make it relevant and palatable for the public.
3: Oh, and okay, so is that in reference to just the historical portion of it, or is it also because the hotel, they they kind of embrace, their ghost stories. So, are you
4: a yes. historian
3: so, for, okay, so not just for the hotel, but to correct. map up like experiences with real people? Yes,
4: yeah, so I actually work for Fiesta de Reyes and Cosmopolitan is part of Fiesta de Reyes. So, I'm the interpreter for all of Fiesta de Reyes. So, it's really about connecting people to the stories of Old Town. That's um, like
3: my favorite thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> So tell me, the, I, I've been researching a lot of the history of the hotel, and I know that it was originally owned by Juan Bandini, and he was married twice. and yeah. has it, it, Tell me if I'm correct. He has five children, um, two boys from the first marriage and three girls from the second?
4: It sounds correct.
3: Okay, I guess my question is, one of the biggest ghost stories that comes out of the hotel is a lot of people call the woman that they see Isadora. During my research, I can't find any information that she had actually died during the time that they lived in the house.
4: Is there well, something I'm no. missing? no. The, there's no reason why Isadora. – f- first of all, I don't believe in ghosts. But if there was a ghost of Isadora, she would not be at the Cosmopolitan. There would be other ghosts. Juan Bandini's ghost would be there. The Celie's son who committed suicide would be there. I have no idea why people latched on to Isidora.
3: Okay, so now that makes me feel better because I, everything that I've read, people always re- reference her and some even go as far as saying that she died young and she died in the house and I do a lot of research. I'm a genealogist by, really a hobby genealogist, but I've been doing okay. it for 25 years. I've been literally doing it since I was 12 and cool. that was <laughs> when we used to write letters and things like that before the internet. Right. And I'm pretty good at research, and I can't find any reference of her actually dying during that time that the ran there,
4: or lived in their adobe. Well, she did not die at the house because she was married and not even living at the house for many years. Um,
3: ah. you know, so
4: she would have died at her house, and I'm not even sure where that was. And it um, wasn't
3: as a child?
4: No, no. Oh, so many
3: stories. So many stories reference that that it was driving me crazy because I'm like, I, <laughs> there should be some reference. Okay, so now, um, since you aren't the ghost person and that's fine, I don't want to make you uncomfortable talking about something that you're an expert at as far as the hotel goes. The history has it that he built the Hotel Cosmopolitan as his home, as an adobe in 1827. Correct. Can you tell me what the area was like in
4: 1827? I would love to. So. Old Town today is just such a beautiful, welcoming, comfortable place. Everybody's familiar with the green plaza and the trees. None of that existed. It was dirt. It was dusty. There were virtually no trees, um, and there were only a handful of small adobes around the dirt plaza. So when Juan Bandini built his... Uh, rather large adobe and put it on top of a four foot high foundation so it was raised up four feet. It was essentially one of the grand mansions of old San Diego in the 1830s because it dominated the plaza much the way Juan Bandini's character dominated the culture of Old Town.
3: And the culture it's so funny because when you go in the hotel now it feels very Victorian, but it is steeped in Mexican culture, and it kind of has an Old West feel. So it kind of has all three combined. Am I crazy? It's a to great
4: observation. Great observation. So you're absolutely right about all three of those observations, as you probably already know. In 1869, the Adobe was the almost ruined Adobe was purchased by Albert and Emily Seely and they converted it into the Cosmopolitan Hotel. They added the second level up on top. So they put an American wood frame structure on top of a Mexican adobe structure. And in the process of making it a hotel, they Americanized the entire building because now we're into the American period, and it's a whole different time. And so they wanted it to look contemporary. So, they put wallpaper over the adobe. They put faux block on the outside of the adobe so that you couldn't see that it was an adobe anymore. But the adobe was still there underneath those layers.
3: And when you look at it today, you really don't see the adobe portion of it, other than when you're kind of outside in the restaurant and in your mind's eye, you can picture how it would have been sort of a courtyard style. And I can't, I can find pictures of it as the hotel cosmopolitan but not as the actual adobe are there pictures that exist
4: no because there simply wasn't photography around them the earliest photos of old town begin right at about about the time that the cosmopolitan was constructed so there's you know a, a photo taken from on top of Presidio Hill that overlooks all of Old Town and you can kind of see this very dark ruined blotch and that's the Cosmopolitan and that is the only, fo- or excuse me, that is Casa de Bandini and that is the only photo of it as a single story adobe. So there just aren't photos because it was too early.
3: And I guess I'm going backwards now. It's just I'm kind of fascinated by the building because going in there, I knew the history. I knew about Signor Bandini, and I knew that it was sort of the premier place. That's where everyone went during yep. that time. And yep. I was looking for signs of it looking like an adobe. What's left of the adobe portion now?
4: Another great question. Let me tell you a little uh... I guess. And then I'll talk more about details about the adobe that's there. So just as the Seelies remodeled the place when they bought it, a number of different owners and operators throughout the 20th century did the same thing. They remodeled it to suit the times, to suit their fancy, and sometimes were rather romantic with their uh, remodeling. Uh, Many people in San Diego are still Familiar with the much beloved Casa de Bandini restaurant in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, and at that time it was remodeled as a uh, grand Spanish hacienda, which never existed in Old Town. Nothing of that sort of architecture ever existed in Old Town. So, what happened when we did the restoration in the t- late late 2000, around 2010, is when it finished the archaeologists and architects were a little concerned because all these uh, restorations and remodels during the 20th century had built up layer upon layer on the building so that no one had seen any original structure in decades. So they had no idea what sort of condition it was in or if if it was even there. But knowing that adobe brick is an earthen brick and needs to breathe... And if it doesn't breathe, it can mold, mildew, erode. They were concerned when they peeled off all those layers. But they discovered what is essentially a a minor miracle. 80% of Juan Bandini's original adobe is still intact. So behind that wallpaper, behind that faux brick, all of his adobe is still there, 80% of it. That's incredible. And also, 80% of... The Sealy's wood frame structure upstairs, and some of it downstairs is still intact, so there's actually a lot of original structure still there
3: and it's and on the um historical register correct
4: I don't know that has been a question that has never quite been resolved for me so i don't I don't know where it stands um I wish I could answer that.
3: It should be. (laughs) I was watching a video where the architectures, um, when they started working on it, had found pieces of, like, the fireplace was still standing. Is that the original fireplace from when it was the – did they put fireplaces in Adobe buildings?
4: Well, I'm not sure if you're referring to the fireplace during the Sealy era or the fire pit during the – uh Bandini era. So during the Bandini era, when it was a one-story adobe home, there was a kitchen room where they uncovered a fire pit. So the adobe had earthen floors. Uh the Bandinis were wealthy, so they covered their earthen floors with carpets. But in the kitchen room, uh there was a pit. Uh just a shallow pit a couple feet dug uh, into the corner of the room, not right up against the walls, but off to, a, you know, near the corner. And they found, um, you know, lots of fish bones and and uh, uh, cow bones and things like that, evidence of the kind of things that were being cooked there. Um, but there was also a fireplace installed into the large sala, the large uh, sitting room during the Sealy era. And the Sealy
3: and era was from what time to what time?
4: That was... 1869 to
3: 1888. That's actually a really long time because they, they did it, they added like a stage stop that wasn't initially a stage stop for for San Diego. Yeah,
4: it's really surprising that they hung on as long as they did. And I think, I'm just guessing, I think that it's because they loved their home and didn't want to leave. But um, Albert Seeley He actually made most of his money from his stagecoach operation, not from the hotel. Uh, The hotel was just sort of built as a way of accommodating the people who were coming into Old Town on his stagecoach line. And as the world changed in different ways, uh, there was a fire in 1872 which shifted the social, political, and cultural center from Old Town to New Town, which had just begun. So that caused a decline in hotel guests and in uh, some of his stagecoach operations. But his stagecoach operation was really hit hard in the 1880s when the train made it to Los Angeles and then the train line came all the way to San Diego. Um, You know, by the end, he was running a stage between Old Town and Ocean Beach, and that was it. And there were no guests at the hotel. By 1882, there were no guests at the hotel.
3: So then it was. It just became their
4: home. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: I get. It. I always get so confused because the um, Cosmopolitan Hotel is in a state park, essentially now, correct? Yes. The Whaley House, all the way to the Cosmopolitan Hotel and further. That was all just one town. That was all together. It yes, seems indeed. separate now. You know what I mean? Like it it's referred to as Old Town and then the state park, but that was all the original yeah. town yeah but that's interesting. The Seelies and the Whaleys would have known each
4: other absolutely.
3: They only lived one and a half blocks apart from each
4: other, right, and they would have been you know some of the primary movers and shakers of old town at that time
3: and this um the seelies they're not talked as often about as often as the bandinis why was is it because Juan bandini was such a a force of nature? It that he's a remembered
4: so much? Yes, he was a force of nature. He was a very flamboyant character. Um, he was one of the leaders of the town. He was a radical, a revolutionary. Um, the Seelys were a much more subdued people. Their hotel was the social center of town, but only for a few years. Because when they built – when the Seelys built their hotel in 1869 – um, it literally breathed new life into Old Town, which had been declining for 10 years. And so the Cosmopolitan Hotel became the social center of town. It was all the rage. And then just a few years later, 1872, the fire burned so much of Old Town and just shifted the focus to New Town and Old Town started to decline all over again. Very brief hurrah, you know, it it, it. it they were on top of the world and not for very long, and then it started to decline right after that.
3: The Seelies, when they were there, I didn't realize that they were that was still considered the social mecca of the town.
4: Uh, it was built as Casa de Bandini, a family home in the late 1820s. Uh, by 1860, it became unoccupied after Juan Bandini died. It was unoccupied throughout the 1860s. The Seeley's purchased it in 1869, converted it into the Cosmopolitan Hotel. It became the social center of town again for just a few years. And then in the 1870s, things began to decline for the Cosmo and Old Town, uh, declined significantly more in the 1880s. The Seelys left in 1888. Some few years after that, in the 1890s, uh, that's when it became an olive pickling factory. Uh, But it it doubled as other things, too. I think it was also used as, as school rooms for a time. And then throughout the 20th century, it changed hands many times and became many different things. It was a hotel, the Hotel Miramar in the 1830s.
3: Oh, I didn't even realize. I mean, 1930s, you
4: mean? 30s, yes.
3: I didn't realize it was a hotel again
4: yes and it was it was converted into the Miramar hotel by Juan Bandini's grandson cave couch junior
3: oh that's what i read that some that he he found out that it was vacant and then he purchased it uh, because it, as a grandson of the original builder basically
4: And he did one of the very significant remodels during the 20th century and made the building look all Greek revival. It just looked like a completely different entity than it did back in the day or than it does now. Um, And interestingly, he uh, covered the adobe walls and inadvertently protected them. He he did not cover them. I, I, I can't. I can't say for sure exactly what he covered them with. I can't remember. But the way it was done actually served to help protect the adobe, which is weird because usually if you cover adobe, it kills the adobe. It prevents it from breathing. So we kind of got a lucky break from Cave Couch Jr. there.
3: And what's the future of the building? I mean, the building is now how 200 years old or just about 200 years old.
4: Yes. And
3: currently it's run – It's Owned by the state, but then there's a family that owns it that runs the restroom, and the restaurant, and the hotel.
4: Yes, so uh, it's owned by the state and Fiesta de Reyes, which is uh, also uh, Old Town Family Hospitality Corporation. They operate Fiesta de Reyes, Bar Restaurant, and the Cosmopolitan Hotel. So, yeah, it currently functions as a hotel and a restaurant. And as far as the future of it goes, I think it's safe to say that as long as Old Town San Diego State Historic Park exists, that building will be well-maintained and available for people to enjoy.
3: Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's amazing.
4: Thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you. You too. Great. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Bye.
4: Okay. Bye-bye.
5: Hello, my name is Eric Phillips, and I host a true crime podcast called Find Me in the Dark, along with my lifelong friend, Robert Prestige. We cover all things true crime, from murder and kidnappings, all the way to arson and mass shootings. You can find us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podbean, and bonus content on Patreon for as low as $5 a month. We look forward to talking crime with you, and thanks for listening. so many crazy
2: stories so little time in this podcast we'll do the work we'll find the craziest best stories out there and bring them to you every week hopefully this will help you get through the craziness that is going on in the world and of course there will be booze welcome to booze and bullshit.
0: Eric made it clear that he does not believe in ghosts, but the town of San Diego and the employees of the Cosmopolitan Hotel may just disagree. Every room has a journal in it to record your thoughts of your visit to the hotel. Although it's not just to record your paranormal experiences, it's mostly what it's used for. Mike Sims, who I mentioned earlier, sent us some pages of some of the entries and also some of the stories of the employees who work there. We aren't going to read all of them, but they all will be on our website if you want to take a look. But one of the stories that seriously fascinates me And you'll hear more about it when I talk to the ghost tour guy. I have no idea why, but that's of a ghost cat. And I'll let Anthony, you can tell the story.
1: I remember talking to... (laughs) Okay, for real. I remember talking to a couple from Mexico City one morning in the breakfast room. The wife had told me that she had felt something soft crawling under her sheets when they were sleeping the night before. I asked her if she saw a figure and she said no. She just felt something soft and lumpy under her blanket. (laughs) (laughs) haven't we all she she said her husband was asleep and she tried to wake him up but with no luck she said she pulled the blanket back and nothing was there she asked me if i had ever heard from anyone else something similar i said no most people tell me that they see a figure at the end of their bed but never something crawling under the covers about four months later mike the ghost tour guide had asked me one night if i had seen a ghost of a black cat sitting on a windowsill. He said many of his tour group guests keep seeing a cat. I said no, but right away the thought came back to me of the lady from Mexico and the figure under her sheets. I believe the cat was sleeping with them that night.
0: Seriously, that's my favorite story. If there's going to be a ghost, I want it to be a freaking cat.
1: Holy smokes. Right? That's like a different kind of scary ghost. Like normally, you hear about human ghosts all and the we, time, and
2: we will, we will. We, but animal ghosts, the animal ghost. I mean, it, to oh. me, that's, I think I'd rather see it than feel it. That's like a whole different kind of. Terror. Oh, I don't, good I do Good observation. Yeah. Something crawling
0: across your back, like uh, no, I don't want that. But I, but if I, if I am gonna see a full body operation, I'd much rather be a cat than. I
1: play. think so too. I think that's a good point too. I might like want to go pet it. Yeah. As opposed to, like, seeing a human ghost, like, I'd run the other way. Right.
2: Like, oh, cute. Yeah, like, I would... Yeah, come here, kitty, kitty. Yeah. Haley, you can tell this one. In March, a lady from Canada calls, ready to book a room for five days, but needs access to the trolley to go downtown to the convention center. I told her it was within walking distance, a bit bumpy if in heels. She said she was carrying a laptop and a work satchel. Reservation was in April. I checked her in on Tuesday night at 11.30 p.m. Next morning, I opened, so I was bringing scones out to the breakfast common. Other guests were there. She arrives in professional dress, computer work bag, and a thermos. I said, good morning. I can fill your thermos with coffee. The scones are out, and the trolley is that way. How did you sleep? She said, thank you. I have a big meeting, first thing, so the coffee is a must. I did not sleep well as I could not catch the stupid cat. I asked, what cat? You did not bring anything with you. She said, you checked me in. I put my bags out and was out like a light. Later, I was awoken by a cat walking over me. I got up, turned the lights on, spent time searching, and went back to bed. Later that morning, it walked on my feet, made me jump. Again, I turned the light on, looked around, and found nothing. So, thank you for the coffee. Would you check my room, please? I checked her room. The windows were closed. Spent twenty minutes looking, found nothing. Love it. The cat is just around for everyone to see. What the hell is wrong it. with this cat, you guys? And, oh and why? Gosh.
0: Why is it not? Why is it hanging out in a hotel? I don't know. I mean, maybe it lived there. Maybe it lived there all the way back in the Bandinis or the Sealing Time and. I love the cat. I love the freaking cat. And I'm pissed we didn't know about the cat when we went there. That's true. I would have looked for the freaking cat.
1: You'd have been, yeah. I eyes out everywhere looking yeah, for Yeah, I would have,
0: seriously, I would I would have even asked people, have you ever seen the freaking cat? Damn it.
1: And I bet you it was roaming around, like right behind you guys. It could have been. Didn't fr- even notice. It was
0: following us through the hotel. It was probably sitting on the stairs and we just didn't even see it. Creepy cat. Okay, so Anthony, this one's called the cowboy
1: I was locking up the restaurant one night, and I noticed water dripping down the stairway from the inside of the main lobby. This is due to the room above, room 4-5, not putting the inner shower curtain in their bathtub while they are taking a shower. When you take a bath or shower in this room only, the curtain is not inside, the water will leak onto the floor and down into the staircase, which is located in the main lobby. I politely knocked on their door, and yes, they were in the shower, and asked them kindly if they could please make sure the inner curtain was inside the bathtub. They told me, yes, it was. I cleaned up the stairway and went home. The next morning when I arrived at 7.30 a.m., the housekeeper informed me that room 4-5 had left before 5.30 a.m. when she arrived because their keys were in the checkout box. I told her what happened the night before with the shower and said they must have been upset when I knocked on their door and asked them to put the inner curtain inside the shower. We went upstairs to make sure they were gone, and the journal was open on their bed. She had written in the journal saying that she woke up to a figure of a young man that was dressed like a cowboy coming through her door without opening it. <laughs> okay, pause Bye. right there. Bye. Bye. No, thank you. She said she froze and tried to wake up her husband, but he wouldn't wake up. When he did, she told him what happened and the cowboy was gone. She tried to go back to sleep and woke up again and saw the same figure come through the door again and stand at the end of her bed. She woke up her husband and packed up their luggage and left at 3.30 a.m. in the morning.
0: I Sorry. Me too. Bye.
1: My I'm luggage out. would have been packed faster than that. And <laughs> I, I wouldn't even, whatever I had, pa- no, I'm leaving just everything. I'm, gone. I'm jumping out the window.
0: Well, and here's the thing. It's not like she didn't know this was a possibility. People, they have journals in the room
2: just for this purpose, for people to write. And so you
1: know something is probably coming. You know
2: you're staying at a haunted hotel. They, they embrace this oh. idea of the ghost there for sure.
0: No, I I mean, I can act like I'm all ballsy and stuff. And yeah, I'll go stay at the hotel. I mean, we even have discussed going this month and staying. But I'll tell you what, if I see an old cowboy walk through the door. She's it, out. I'm done.
1: Much different than a cat.
0: Much. The cat, I, yeah, I'd run to the store and get tuna for it and be like, let's hang out. No, not a cowboy. no. no. This story is one of my favorites. Haley, hold your thoughts till the end. I know how you are. I know that you're going to take this a certain way. And this one is written by Ivan and Kat, by the way, good name. Ivan writes, now this is him writing the whole entire thing. I'm seriously freaking out. While falling asleep, my wife gently holding my hand, I told her I love you, babe, but she did not respond like she usually does with the simple I love you too. Instead, I heard her say, I miss you. Confused, I asked why. There was silence for a moment, and I heard, I will wait for you. I told her, what are you talking about? And then just then, I heard the restroom door open. I immediately opened my eyes, gripping her hand. To my surprise, my wife comes out of the restroom, asking me who I'm talking to. I look back at my hand, where the feeling of someone else starts to fade away. No way, definitely coming back, Ivan and Kat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you don't believe it? But
0: this is why no. she
2: shits over everything. She really does. Okay, it, here's the thing who what's his name Ivan and Kat they're probably great people but also I think people take advantage of the fact that this is a haunted place and they just like want to be involved but oh (laughs) so he just wanted
0: to think of some kind of you think him and Kat were like sitting there going we need to write something really freaking cool I don't know people are going to read this for years to come
2: I think when you're put in situations like that and you know it's haunted I think your mind plays tricks on you
1: I know. think that's a great point, too. Like,
2: it's, oh, I feel it. like if I were going stop to the hotel,
1: it. yeah, and I wouldn't sit and there and think, but knowing that it is a, a haunted a hotel. possibility.
2: You'd be like, oh my God. What was that? that? I saw th- yeah.
1: I saw th- yeah, I would think that I'm seeing more than I actually But someone am.
2: holding your hand. I mean, there's sometimes, I mean, maybe there's a ghost in my room, but there's sometimes like I feel something on my back, but it's like my hair. What? But if I was in a haunted hotel, I wouldn't think, oh my God, that was just my hair. I'd think there's a ghost touching me. Wait,
0: do you, are you not aware of your own hair? Sometimes no, it's long. <laughs> i don't know
1: (laughs) we gotta find you a boy (laughs) (laughs) this is why
0: i don't have one (laughs) this is weird so what's that what is that what is that oh oh it's my own hair that's not what i mean
2: but you get what i'm saying normal situations don't feel normal if you're in a haunted place because you would just assume it's something that's a ghost
0: i don't know i love that story i think that's really cool like who was it that said i'll wait for you his
1: don't look at me i don't know
0: his future ghost girlfriend like i don't know i love it i love that story on the next page, Glenn drew a picture of a Victorian woman. It's, it's really cool to actually look through all the journal entries. Several of them have drawings on them. Bonnie said she felt someone sit on the bed with her. She said that she had to sleep with the light on. Kara said that she felt a cold air go through her body. All these stories will, and pictures of the journal pages will be on our episode page. And take a listen here to my conversation with Michael from San Diego Ghost Tours.
3: So how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Now tell me um your name and the name of your tour company again.
5: So my name is Michael Brown and uh the tour company is san diego ghost tours.com also known as oldtownsmosthaunted.com.
3: And you do these tours nightly 7 days a week.
5: Uh I currently am available 7 nights a week. Uh, it's reservations only. So whenever people want a tour, they call in a reserve, and then I can do a tour for them, yes.
3: Perfect. Okay, so tell us about the Cosmopolitan Hotel.
5: So I started ghosting in October of 1999, and I did it for a few years. And uh, my brother ran into a security guard who at that time worked for the Delaware North Company that that was managing the Cosmo and a few other properties. And my brother told me that the guy said it was haunted for me to go down to talk to him. So I went down to Old Town, found the security guard, and I was talking to him and, and heard footsteps up on the uh, second story. We both looked and we could hear—you know—the building was closed, but we could hear someone walking up on the, the second-story veranda. So we went around to the side entrance, and uh, he called the other security guard over. And as we were talking, we heard footsteps again and looked up, and of course, there's no no one there, but you expect there to be because you could hear. Uh, shoes walking up there so they opened up the gate followed him in we walked around the building there was no one there and then uh, the security guard at the time was letting me in in the middle of the night unofficially and I was giving him copies of things that I was finding and then he was giving them to the management and then also at that time um, this was in 2005 people were telling me that I should do a ghost tour and show people what I was finding so that's kind of how the, the tour started and that's how I got into the Cosmo was they host me and I pay them to have access into the building. And the tour is based on things that I found while ghost hunting here in Old Town. Uh, the tour has changed many different times our locations and information over the years uh, as ghost hunting uh, changes and the evidence changes. But the Cosmo I found to be the most consistently paranormal active, paranormally active building that I've ever been in. Things happen all the time in
3: that building. And why do you think that is more than because there's other buildings there that are original to the area, correct? Uh,
5: there are, and there are buildings that uh, have been rebuilt. The newest building was rebuilt in 2001 in the state park, the Colorado House, and uh, there are still ghosts seen inside that building.
3: So, the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Why do you think that building in particular has so much paranormal activity?
5: You know, that is one of the uh, questions in the world of the paranormal that will never, I don't think, be answered concretely because everyone has a different opinion and because no one has died but a ghost haunted came back to life and so this will goes on. It's all best guess. Also, my opinion are based on my experiences. Other people's opinions are based on their experiences. We've had different experiences so we're going to have different opinions. The easy answer is that there are Bendini's that have lived there and have come back to hang out after they've died. There are some of the Sealies that have lived there, died, come back to hang out. And then there's also another, um, many spirits and ghosts that have must've have gone through there at some time and then died and have come back to hang out. That building used to be a school at one time. And uh, there are kids that, uh, wander around, uh, inside the building. Um, you know, that I know of, the building has been active for 45 years because when the when the lady, Diane Powers, had the property when it was called the uh, Cassidy Bandini, she didn't want the employees talking about what was going on because they didn't want to scare people away. So it, it, I think it, it's just very active because of all of the people that were there during their lifetime and then they died and wanted to come back and hang out for whatever reason.
3: Right. Yeah, so you don't think there's any kind of portal or anything involved with that location.
5: I can only say that I have not found anything which would lead me to believe that there is an actual portal or doorway. I'm open to learning new things, but I, I haven't found anything that would that I would say, "Oh, this must be a door doorway or a portal."
3: Now, you're okay, and I understand that you run the tours now but you've done little investigations there too. Are you gifted in any way? Do you feel like you can see or hear things that other people can't by any chance?
5: I think that uh, we are all psychic. So when I saw my first uh, ghost at the Whaley house, um, Violet Whaley, prior to that, in October of 1999, prior to that, I knew nothing about ghosts one way or the other. So since then, I would say that over the years of doing this now for 20 years, that we are all psychic or sensitive differently. And once we're able to figure out how we are psychic or sensitive, you could become better at it. Over the years of doing the tour, I have told things to people. I have seen things. I have seen uh, Native Americans. I've seen their, their, if they have spirit animals, I've seen spirit animals standing behind them. I've seen other people's relatives standing behind them. And then we've, we've talked about their relatives. So. I mean, it's something that I've acquired since starting ghost hunting.
3: Oh, okay. So tell me. I mean, it's a three-part question. Um, I want you to tell me about the cat because you and I already talked about that, and that's one of my favorite parts of the Cosmopolitan Hotel. And I I don't know why. Yeah. Um, two. A lot of people talk about Isadora, and I want to know like what your take on that is. And then three, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you at the Cosmopolitan Hotel?
5: Okay, the cat. You know, when I started going to the Cosmo, I heard about a cat, didn't have any experience with it. And then um, when I started to do the tour uh, in the Cosmo, people would say that they felt a cat. It felt like a cat rubbed by my leg. So as time went by, I started to see the cat. When I first started to see the cat in spirit form, it looked like a Nike sign that was white that kind of would swoosh by on the ground. And then as time went on, um, I could start to see the cat in a little puff of ball that would kind of move around the floor. Uh, I've seen it with my eyes when it was when it manifests itself. It's black and white. Uh, I've seen its tail go around the corner when it manifests itself many times. And over the years of doing the tour, I would tell people that the cat is hyperallergenic, making a, a joke because it's a ghost. But then I would find that sometimes when we would sit down, the cat would jump on people's laps, and they could say, oh, my gosh, I can feel the cat on my lap. And then they would, if they were allergic, they would start to have an allergic reaction. Maybe they started to sneeze or their eyes would water. Uh, recently, someone on the tour got a photo from the room that we were just in, experiencing the cat, and they got a picture of the ghost of the cat as they were leaving the room. As far as Isadora goes, I see Isadora from time to time. Uh, she likes to hover, uh, up in the ceiling area, and she also likes to stand on the corner of the Cosmo on the second story by room four five.
3: Isadora, when she lived there, there was not a second story. So is there, could it be someone else other than Isadora? And people have just kind of clung, like clung on to that name because it was a prevalent name to the, to the home when it was the Bandini.
5: So actually when, the, uh, when Bandini sold it to Sealy and Sealy put on the hotel, the Bandinis did frequent the building.
3: Oh, they still did after the Seelies owned it?
5: Yeah. And I would say that when I equate the name Isadora to the spirit that I see walking around, uh, that is the strongest sense that I have of who that person is. And when I interact with that spirit, when I ask the spirit of Isadora to touch people – Uh, It happens on a regular basis. So I have not found anything in my interactions with Isadora that would say that someone else is saying, oh, no, I'm not Isadora. I'm somebody else. So that is why I believe that it it is Isadora.
3: So what is the scariest thing that's ever happened to you there?
5: At that property, I'm not going to say that I – well, in all the 20 years, I haven't really found anything that's really scary. There are things that can be startling. Like at the Cosmo, when they redid the kitchen, they took all of the – the power was off on the building, and they took all of the kitchen equipment out onto the patio area, the old patio, and it was all stacked up. And uh, I was there walking around in the middle of the night, and some of the pieces of uh, metal fell right by me, so there was no reason for them to have fallen. So that was startling, but I really don't find it scary. Like people might see on the ghost hunting shows on television, where they like run run away.
3: So it's you feel like the spirits there are intelligent hauntings, or do you feel like they're imprints
5: of the past? I find every I believe everything that I am finding is uh, intelligent and currently happening now.
3: And you get to on your tour. I want people to understand this because I was talking to um the people at the the Cosmopolitan Hotel that even during COVID, like people are keeping safe distances and wearing masks and stuff. Are you
5: ref- are, are you referring to also in Old Town in general?
3: Old town in general, yeah. I want people to know oh. that it's
5: open and people can go in October. Do you know what I Oh yeah, oh yeah. The the streets, um uh the streets, all the Mexican uh, restaurants, they have uh, seating on the uh in the street and um on on the sidewalk. Uh now that the the restaurants can open back up inside, there are people back inside. And uh, people wear masks. There's a lot of um in the state park there are are many uh hand washing stations and uh, the um, sanitizing locations throughout uh, the state park, and also in the Cosmo. There are four uh, if you want to get hand sanitizer while you're inside the Cosmo. And you
3: get to take your tours into the Cosmo to experience the whole thing with with you.
5: In the lower level, yes.
3: That's exciting. That's exciting. I kind of want to do that with you, too.
5: And do you do
3: an actual investigation or just a tour of the inside of the hotel?
5: So, like I said, the tour changes from time to time. Right now, I just have the ghost tour. Um, and then later, uh, we'll change it back to do an 11 o'clock ghost hunt, which just includes I pass out some meters and we have a little more time to walk around inside the building.
3: And do you feel like um, Juan Bandini is still in the house?
5: So I do not believe so, only because I, I have not found him. Uh, Mr. Seely, oh yeah, Mr. Seely and his wife are there a lot.
3: Who else do you think is there with you when you're there?
5: Uh, there are many uh, children there. There are um, uh, there are many males. There are many females. And on the tour, so they, the spirits kind of hang around downstairs, upstairs, and in the courtyard. And then on the tour, they know what we're doing. So they'll come closer to us, and uh, they'll walk around us. I don't know who's going to come in and, and hang out with us. Um, I do show some pictures of, of ghosts from inside the building to show that sometimes they are just masses of energy, and it's difficult to tell who everybody is. So if I had to give a name to everybody, on all I mean, all the spirits that are inside the building are ghosts. I don't know who they all are.
3: Did you have you named the cat?
5: Um, <laughs> many people have asked that question, and I just refer to the cat as Kitty. You can call the cat uh, whatever you want. Uh, the cat is actually uh, very docile. Uh, the cat will jump up on the window sill and allow people on my tour to put their hands through the cat, so you can feel it.
3: No, well, let's name it right now. His name is Cosmo. Let's. its name should just be Cosmo.
5: Okay, I will do my best uh, to now <laughs> to remember that. To now refer to the cat as a Cosmo, uh, because I guess that is the appropriate name since it's in the Put Cosmo. Him.
3: Yeah, that's great. I literally want to come just for the cat. Like I, I don't know why that's my fascination, but my fascination is 100% the thought of a spirit cat. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna to have to come I, visit. Okay. Tell have, us, have you
5: have you been on my Facebook page to see the, the picture of the ghost cat? No.
3: Tell me yeah, how she, to get there.
5: So Facebook, uh San Diego Ghost Tours or Facebook Old Towns Most Haunted. Um I I I'm I believe that the yeah, the cat photo is there. You just have to look around through the photos.
3: Okay, and then if people want to take your tour this month in October or even after that, um the best way is to go to your website, tell me again, ghost tours
5: the best way is to call me. That's Call me, 619-972-3900, or you can text at that number uh, to be able to uh, make a reservation.
3: Okay. Thank you so much for talking to me. You bet. I'm going to put a link on our episode webpage, too. Um, and okay. That's going to have all your stuff on there. And it's okay to put your phone number on there, too?
5: Uh, yes, please.
3: Okay. do so put your phone number on there. Thank you. Bye.
5: Okay. Bye-bye.
0: So whether you're a non-believer like Eric or a believer like Michael, you won't be disappointed in your visit to Old Town San Diego, where you can decide for yourself if the history of San Diego is just imprinted in the dusty old buildings or if the people who live there are still there to welcome you in one of the parties at the Old Cosmopolitan Hotel. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so be sure to follow and comment on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites.
2: Visit our website at hauntinghistorypodcast.com for more information on each episode and links to our Patreon page and all our social media platforms.
0: Until next time, I'm Kat. I'm Haley. And remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost.